ready for tomorrow's news today. You're listening to Speak Life with Marty Lee. Hello and welcome to Speak Life. You know, it's always an honor and a privilege to spend this time with you. And, you know, as a prophetic voice ministry, you know, everything we do is prophetic. And so I want to encourage you that God is speaking through every little nuance. And uh, as I'm speaking and declaring or teaching, you may hear something in your spirit. It may strike you as a bolt of lightning. And listen, I believe God for that for you. And uh, listen, I, I believe that's God opening and deepening communication lines to you. Uh, God speaks through the thoughts uh, that we think through visions and dreams and impressions or uh, sensings or knowings. And sometimes we dismiss these things. Uh, but the prophet's mantle causes our eyes to grab a glimpse of the future. And you know, Jesus said this, My sheep hear my voice. And a stranger's voice they'll not listen to. I love the, the uh, Passion Translation of Psalm 23. It begins by saying, The Lord is my shepherd and my best friend. I shall never be wanting. And listen, he is not just your shepherd, but he's your best friend. <clears throat> and he wants you to, uh, to recognize his voice that way. And I'm here to encourage you that God has called you to hear and to know his voice. And you were made for this. That's why Jesus said these things, my sheep hear my voice. You know, as I was praying and warring for you this week, uh, fighting the good fight of faith, believing God with you, and praying over your prayer requests and agreeing uh, for your miracles and your breakthroughs, God began to speak words of hope to me. And that these things are in, uh, all things right now are in a realignment to his purposes. And I want to talk a little bit tonight, later in the broadcast, about transition and making it through this transition. How do we do this? How many of you are ready for a supernatural adjustment from the Lord of hosts, you know? It's, it's very powerful when God begins adjusting things and God begins to reset things. You know, Ephesians chapter 4 it talks about uh, Jesus ascended on high, and he, it's a quote from Psalm 68, he, he gave gifts unto men. Actually, in Psalm 68, it says he received gifts from men as well, even the rebellious that he might dwell among them. And so, it, but it says in, in uh, Ephesians 4 that when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. And uh, then these, he goes on to outline these gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so uh, that's the fivefold ministry anointing of Jesus Christ. He is all five. He's the great apostle. He's the great prophet. He's the great evangelist. He's the great pastor and, sh and shepherd of our souls. He's the great teacher, right? And, uh, and so that's Jesus' mantle, his anointing, and it's divided into five parts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And it says that he gave these things these as gifts to the church, as a governmental authority or the headship ministry of Jesus Christ to the church so that the church would be equipped and we would be established and grow to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. And so uh, uh, one of the words in there is the word karatismos, if I'm saying it correctly. My Greek is not, is not great. Uh, 
cardatismos, I think is how you say it. And uh, it's the word, we get our word chiropractic from it. It means to adjust, like the adjusting of your spine, uh, to bring things into realignment, or we, we might say apostolic alignment today. Uh, it also means like the resetting of a broken bone. In other words, the bone was broken and it was set wrongly, but the resetting of the broken bone uh, is what the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers do. And so, karatismos is uh, to bring things into alignment and to uh, make adjustments happen. You know, some of you may go to a chiropractor and get an, a chiropractic adjustment. You know, if your spine is far enough out of alignment, uh, there, parts of your body can stop working. And so that adjustment brings life back to you, back to the body. And so that's what he's talking about, right alignment. And so God spoke to me this week that uh, he is realigning the body of Christ for his purposes. And, uh, and so uh, there is a supernatural adjustment happening from the Lord of hosts. And I begin to see heaven opening up and demonic powers being knocked out of heavenly places by strikes of lightning. Demonic powers falling like lightning from heavenly thrones. In other words, they were sitting in a place of usurped authority, places that they didn't really have authority to be. Uh, but the church is not, is, is not ruling. Remember the, uh, the um, seven sons of Sceva. Uh, they went to cast out the devil out of uh, out of a man and, and that was demonized, and the demon said, "Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you?" Right? And uh, I used to preach a message called "Who in Hell Are You?" Uh, do, do do demons know your name? Are you ruling? And so, the reason why they knew Jesus, Jesus, we know he was the Son of God. And he uh, fully defeated all the powers of hell. Paul, we know. Why did they say Paul, we know? Because Paul was a ruling authority in that area. He was walking in the headship ministry of Christ, the apostle. And so Jesus they knew, Paul we knew. And so the church has to come to a place where we are ruling in heavenly places over, over the regions that God places us in and not demonic powers. And so these... These usurped thrones of authority uh, belong to the church. These places of uh, uh, spiritual authority in heavenly places have been given to the church. But demon powers uh, are ruling over ignorant Christians. And so what I saw was lightning striking these demonic powers and these demonic powers falling like lightning uh, from these heavenly thrones. And some of the names of these uh, uh, demons were sickness and disease. Sickness and disease was falling and being cast out of heaven and no longer able to rule over God's people. Let me just tell you, your body is the temple of of the Lord. You've been bought with a price. It does. You don't. You your body does not belong to you. It belongs to God, and so that's why we are the temple of God. And if God owns it, God wants you to take good care of it. Uh, but the enemy has no power over what God owns, over what God possesses. And so sickness and disease has no power over you and I. It was paid for at the cross of Christ. Jesus 
paid in full. In other words, you are as healed as you are saved. And so sickness and disease was one of the uh, demonic powers I saw being cast out of heaven and no longer able to rule over God's people. Second, I saw witchcraft falling like lightning and the curses and the vexes uh, that people have uh, spoken in, in, in demonic witchcraft uh, falling like lightning and striking the ground and then dissipating. And so the powers of darkness are angry, uh, but Jesus said the kingdom of God has suffered violence, but the violent rise up, forcefully advancing, taking it, taking the kingdom by force, right? And so this is, uh, I want to give a little more detail here. Amos chapter 3 and verse 7, it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing. You can look up the word nothing in every concordance, in every dictionary, and it means nothing. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. And so God shares secrets with his prophets. And what I'm sharing with you is what God has spoken to me. And so these are secrets of what is happening, secrets from the future. What, what is about to happen in the future, what is the potential, uh, prophetic is always potential, what is potentially able to happen if God's people will respond to the word of the Lord. And so I believe God's speaking something very powerful right now. Darkness, sickness, and witchcraft were all being struck down by light from heaven. And, and so it led me to research a little bit more about lightning. Uh, lightning is uh, built up energy, built up electricity. It's air that is charged so violently that as soon as it finds an attractant, it releases a strike. And it is that attractant is something that is charged with positive power. And that attracts the bolts of lightning uh, that are stored up, and, and, what, and that's what causes the release of power. And so what God was showing me is there is a remnant that has kept the faith, an ecclesia. Uh, uh, Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's an ecclesia or a remnant that's been keeping the faith through the storms of life. And the prayers have been like those attractants uh, for the release of God's power. And, uh, you know, the Bible talks about how prayers fill the bowls of heaven. And so the, the uh, uh, prayers have supercharged the heavenlies above us. And that is very attractive to God's release of power. Uh, where the enemy's been enthroned over regions by witchcraft, by sickness, by disease, by vexation, by darkness. The prayers of God's people, God's ecclesia, is prevailing. Now, that's good news. That's hope. The prayers of God's people are prevailing, and the God of glory, according to Psalm 24, is thundering by his voice. And that very same lightning and thunder that came out of the cloud of glory for God's prophet Moses when he was up on the mountain, that same powerful uh, thundering voice of God that releases lightning is present today. You know, Samuel spoke about the lightning that God sends like arrows uh, against his enemies, vanquishing his foes. 
David spoke about God fighting with lightning in abundance, destroying his enemies. Psalm 24 is all about the voice of the Lord uh, and the power of God's voice and how uh, his voice is like loud cracks of thunder and the lightning that comes out of his voice splits and twists the trees. You know, Daniel prophesied about the appearance of of the Lord was like flashes of lightning. And uh, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, light from heaven displaced him and caused him to fall. I'm declaring a word to you tonight and a secret tonight that God is on the scene of your battlefield for your nation, for your family, and for your future. And he is casting down the powers of hell that have tried to overpower God's people and usurp authority over God's remnant. Nothing is going to stop the people of God. The ecclesia, the church that Jesus is building, I will build my church. The church that Jesus is building, the ecclesia is prevailing. Amen. You need to hear this. You need to hear the word of the Lord and get an attitude of victory today. The enemy's been working overtime to to try to give God's people an attitude of depression. So you know when when a storm comes in they call it a a tropical depression. At least when I grew up in Miami that's what they would call it, a tropical depression. The enemy tries to come in <clears throat> with a storm of depression and 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 bring everything down. <clears throat> But God wants you to get an attitude of victory. He has stored up power for you. And when you begin to connect to him in prayer, it releases light from heaven and causes the displacement of the powers of darkness so that you begin to rule instead of the enemy. And the thing about lightning, it is a sudden display of power. Suddenly, it's it's not like it takes time. It's just sudden. It's a sudden release of God's power. Get an attitude today. Get an attitude like enough is enough. No more just accepting things the way they are. <clears throat> uh, Apostle Jane Hammond had a vision, uh, and I'm probably not going to get the whole vision correct, but I remember parts of what she said was she had a vision one time about a boxer uh, in a boxing ring and uh, and the name on the on the back of the robe of the boxer, the boxer was saying, "Come on, any any takers?" And nobody was getting in the ring with this boxer. <clears throat> and the name that was on the back of the robe of this boxer was, "That's just the way things are." That's just the way things are. Nobody would get in the the ring to fight because they just accepted the lie. That's that's just the way things are. For example, when you get older, you start falling apart because that's just the way things are. No, the Bible says he renews our youth like the eagle, strong and soaring and overcoming. Uh, uh, Moses' eyes never dimmed. He, he lived a long, full life uh, with, with uh, a long life will I satisfy you. He lived a good, long life. Uh, challenge the compromise of the enemy, the lies of the enemy saying that's just the way things are. Get in the ring and fight the good fight of faith. Challenge the compromise with his words of truth. 
hear the word of the Lord today. I'm telling you, the church is supposed to be just like Jesus. Jesus was God's perfect man and man's perfect God, but he never drew upon his deity to do anything. All he did was demonstrate for us how Christians are supposed to live this life, especially, I would say, the prophetic warriors. You're supposed to be a disruptor, just like Jesus, and disrupt the powers of hell, disrupt uh, the progress of demonic agendas, disrupt through prayer, disrupt through proclamations and declarations. You know, David's warrior, David was a prophet according to uh, uh, Acts chapter 2 and verse or 3 and verse 29 or 30. <clears throat> David was a prophet. And David's warriors were the greatest warriors that the kingdom had ever known. One would put a thousand to flight. Two would put ten thousand. One guy would jump into jump into a hole with five lions uh, with a stick and and overpowered five lions that were threatening uh, uh, the people of his tribe. You know, I'm talking about mighty warriors. And that's an example of the prophetic warriors today. I'm preaching to a remnant of mighty warriors right now. Some of the greatest warriors of of the kingdom of God that the kingdom of God has ever known are listening to me right now. And you're prevailing in the spirit and you're making a difference in the spirit and in the natural. You need to get an attitude of victory. You're not losing, you're winning. You may not see everything in the spirit that's happening, but you're going to start seeing reverberations of victory all throughout uh, the nation and all throughout your life. God is showing himself strong on your behalf. You know, Gideon's warriors... Excuse me, they were few in number, but they were mighty in God. 300 warriors took on more than uh, uh, 32,000 opposing forces, and they won, and they kept fighting. And the Bible says they were faint, yet they continued to pursue until they won the total victory. In other words, don't get weary in well-doing. Fight your good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't get upset because you're getting tired and and don't think that it's all warfare. No, you're going to get your day uh, uh, to catch your breath. But listen, fight the good fight of faith now. Keep decreeing the word of the Lord. Keep declaring by faith the truth that God has spoken to you. Keep shouting the victory. You got to shout victory. You know, God arises amid shouts of praise. Sometimes I'll just go out in the in our, our yard and I'll shout for the victory. What's happening is you're disrupting the plans of the enemy and overthrowing the attacks of the enemy when you begin to worship and shout and praise. Get back to praise, you know. One of the things about David was he is a warrior of praise. His hands could bend the, the bow of bronze, but could also be lifted high in worship and embrace the God that he loves. Get back to praise. I'm going to say it again. Get back to praise. I believe God wants the church to praise like never before right now. We need to take things up another level, another notch. Instead of just having an agenda of 
a couple fast songs, a medium song, a slow song, then receive the offering. No, you need to have an openness to the move of the Holy Spirit. Maybe God wants to praise a little longer. Maybe he wants to accomplish more during praise and worship than he does during preaching, than he does during any other time of the the service. You have to have an attitude uh, that the Holy Ghost is in charge. God wants to do what God wants to do, and he wants a church and a body that that'll respond when he says to do something, amen? Be a disruptor to the plans of the enemy. Don't allow religion to set an agenda. Have an attitude like David standing before the giant, the day that God proved to the whole nation that God still has brave warriors ready to stand and fight. You know, uh, uh, Saul's army was hidden and hiding behind rocks. They were afraid. And among them uh, among that nation were still David's mighty warriors that had not come forth yet. But when David stood up to the giant and, and proved God's power, suddenly a whole army of mighty warriors arose and followed David. Get ready to stand and fight the good fight of faith until you win. Somehow David's victory activated so many more mighty warriors into active duty. I believe there's a lot of uh, people in the church that really are mighty warriors, but they've been hurt, they've been wounded, they're backslidden, uh, they're struggling. Listen, uh, part of Ephesians chapter 4 talks about how God wants the, the, the whole body fitly joined together that every joint would supply. In other words, your supply line is broken unless you're in church plugged in the way you're supposed to be plugged in, and that's why you're struggling and you're keeping yourself out of church when God wants you to get back to church and be the, be the mighty warrior that he's called you to be in active duty. Amen? you got to get an attitude like Daniel, who said, I'm praying for 21 days until things change, until the powers of hell were t- totally destroyed and a nation was reversed and restored. Amen? Be the great and mighty men and women of God that the Bible has on display for us to read about. What if you're the next chapter being written right now? What if you're the mighty warriors that God's writing about right now? you got to stand up to the enemy and say, thus far and no further. Enough is enough. It's time for everything to change now. I love the word now. I'm going to talk about now tonight. Elisha declared it's time for everything to shift forward and change for the good. Uh, And within 24 hours, it's going to happen. Hear the word of the Lord. Amen. And let me tell you, when God hears that kind of faith, it attracts the, the release of God's power just like a lightning bolt, knocks the enemy out of his place of authority over uh, the people of God, knocks him out of his position, and suddenly a release of power, suddenly, like a lightning bolt, a release of power. I'm telling you in my vision this week, I saw lightning bolts all over the place. The people of God are waking up and beginning to access the power of God like never before. Amen? If you're waiting for something greater to happen, to go from a weekend warrior to active duty, full-time, every day of the week warrior of God, let me just tell you, it's time. You be the something greater that you're waiting for. You be the one that takes initiative and stands up against the giants. Amen? Time to be activated into service in the kingdom of God. And I'm going to declare it's your time. 
It's your time. On Sunday, I'm going to share a message, and I encourage you to come out this Sunday at 4 p.m. If you're watching from another state uh, or another nation, uh, it's 4 p.m. Central Time. Uh, We'll be online on all the social media platforms and uh, the places where we broadcast on YouTube, on Rumble, on uh, um, Facebook, 4 p.m. Central Time in America. But I'm sharing a message on Sunday, I believe is a prophetic message for this hour. It's called, It's Your Season. It's your season. You don't want to miss this prophetic message. It's a word and due season for you. But I want to say this, the church is waking up to the fact that God loves you more than you could possibly comprehend. He loves you more than you know. You know, he has a sacred jealousy for his people. The Bible says that God is jealous over us. He has a sacred jealousy for his people. And we are to come to him with simplicity. Just so you don't have to have all the all the the scriptures lined up to to preach your way into the presence of God. You just have clean hands and a pure heart because you're washed by the water of his word, washed in the blood, the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. We got to come back to the basics sometimes and realize it's not by might or by power but by the spirit of God and the precious blood of Jesus has has given us access to boldly come to the throne of our Father approaching his holy presence knowing that he is the one who's protected our most precious thing our hearts amen our hearts towards him that's your treasure that's your treasure chest forgetting and and surrendering the cares of this world listen if only for a moment you got to come before him every day and let go of everything else and let him just be your father your heavenly father allow him to open our ears our eyes cause us to hear his voice more clearly and to be able to see the future that he desires for us uh, jeremiah twenty nine eleven. you should know it by heart i know the plans that, that i have for you declares the lord plans to give you a future and a hope uh, a desire god has a future that he desires for us and allow his kingdom to come and allow his will to be done and, and what has presented is itself as reality up to that point begins to fade in his presence. His sacred jealousy begins to give you powerful truth and insights that you can now trust. Truth. I'm telling you, peace that passes understanding. I don't understand why this battle is here, but I have a powerful truth from my God, you know? Allowing the invisible things of the Spirit suddenly to become a living reality. And the light of God shining upon you begins to strike darkness. It strikes it from our hearts. It strikes it from our minds. It cleanses us from all uncleanness. You know, as we receive what he's saying with every fiber of our being, the truth uh, that he speaks is something that we can begin to war with. The truth that sets us free and makes us free. Amen. That comes by boldly coming before him he loves you more than you know and he has a sacred jealousy over you you know many people listen to the news broadcast too much they listen to the words uh that these uh 
broadcasts want to speak or even some of these shows that are out there and they get you to compromise in your in what you'll accept as normal and they get you to to make some adjustment in your brain and you're thinking it's a like a psychological thing and you know i just want to encourage you don't listen to their words of the future uh, they want to tell you what the political future is going to be. They want to tell you what the economic future is going to be. They want to tell you what relationship futures are going to be. I want to encourage you to tune all of that stuff out. I can hardly stand listening to any of it, especially the false prophets in the news media. Because I hear something so different, something far greater uh, from the current news, and this is the news that's coming from heaven. This is the future that God is talking about. And if we'll just stay in peace, you know, we have a peace that passes understanding. You don't have to understand everything. You just allow his peace to prevail in you. And if you would, if you would allow his peace that passes understanding, you begin to see that there's a future available to us from God that is within our grasp. It is within our reach. Because, listen, your voice matters. You're a prophetic army. Your voice matters. And your voice is what brings change. That's right. You heard me right. Your voice, not just the voice of the prophets, the voice that you have, your voice, and what you echo, either bad news prophets or good news from God and his prophets, that's what happens. Devastation or revelation? Division or vision? Strife or life? Sadness or gladness? The choice is ours to make. The power of life and death is in our tongues, not just as prophets' tongues, but our tongues, amen? Especially the mouths of God's prophetic people. Your words begin to form the future. That's why it's so vital that we come before him and allow his truth to transform us, amen? It's either deceleration or acceleration, reformation or deformation, declaration or declamation, Wage a good warfare with the prophecies that have gone over you and over your nation. Remember when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. This was a proclamation of the voice of God speaking. Peter heard something that, that was completely different from what was going, going on around him, what was being spoken around him. Remember Jesus said, What are they saying? And he said, What are you saying? And Peter heard the voice of God, and he proclaimed it. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, Jesus turned around and said, that's the voice of our Father. God wants you to listen to <clears throat> his words. He likes to listen to his own words coming out of our hearts and our mouths. That's what he likes to hear. I believe this is one of the ways that God draws us closer to him. When we begin to speak his words instead of the words of the world around us. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. We are ambassadors of another kingdom. Especially when the challenge is before us and upon us. As you come up higher and higher, your words are even more important. 
a prophetic army of great warriors speaking words like powerful declarations and decrees of light begins to drive back the darkness. And whatever you take in is what you're going to declare. Whatever you fill your heart with in abundance is what's coming out of your mouth. And and that is what's going to come forth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We should not declare World War III or the end of the ages. Uh, We should not be declaring those things. Only God has, by the way, that information. Not even Jesus knows the the day that he's coming back. And so we shouldn't be declaring this is going to happen, this is going to happen. We just need to do our part and follow him and 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 declare what his word declares. And when we paint a picture of doom and gloom, listen, you're disarming the up and coming generations. You're you're releasing doom and gloom upon them and disarming them. And Peter declared to Jesus directly after that, uh, Jesus, you're not going to go the way of the cross. You know all these other things. Jesus turned around and said, "I rebuke you." You're not mindful of the things of God, but you're mindful of the things of man. What is occupying your heart in abundance? God wants you to know his plans for a a future. And his plans for the future is filled with hope and life and abundant life. Amen? With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. In that salvation is everything, abundant life, health, hope, grace, peace, joy, so much more. I'll uh, I'll satisfy you with long life and show you my salvation. No more decreeing demonic defeatist propaganda. The name of this show is Speak Life, and that's what we're here to do, speak life to you. Do you want to see the things of God or the things of man? That's what, that's what Jesus was really confronting Peter with. What do you want to see? Listen, the future is for the bold, the confident, and the brave. The Bible says, be strong and of a good courage, even though you're about to face armies of giants, right? That's what, he, that's what Joshua was charging the army of God with. Be bold and be courageous. They're more afraid of you than you are of them. Take the promised land of God by force. And the force of faith is in the Lord of hosts. Amen. They knew that if they would step on that battlefield, God was stepping on the battlefield with them. As soon as they open their mouth, they're going to speak what the Lord says to speak and that only. Amen. Remember around Jericho, they could not speak anything but what the Lord said to speak and when the Lord said to speak it. That's a lesson for us. Amen. Why is, it, why is that so important? You're kings and priests unto our God. And what we decree is what shall be. Amen. So many things happening right now. Okay. I better shift gears here. I'm going to preach on that point for the rest of the night. First of all, I want to thank all of you who continue to send words of encouragement to us. All week long, I receive these incredible words of encouragement. Your kind words mean so much to us. Thank you for every comment, uh, every instant message, every email, every text. It's very encouraging to us as we continue to pray and press the battle to the full. I get emails and and instant messages and and social media uh, emails uh, from people from all over the world, and I want you to know it's very encouraging to hear what you have to say. And we're going to continue to press the battle to the full. 
Those of you who are receiving answers to your prayers, I want you to know I spend a lot of time in prayer for you. <clears throat> and I agree with you. And I agree with God for your miracle. And many, many, many people are receiving great breakthroughs and great miracle interventions from God. Listen, Jesus is Lord, and he owns everyone and everything, according to Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and everybody and everything in it. And we're seeing his kingdom come and his will being done. Sickness and disease is being cast out. Demonic lies are being exposed and pulled down. Families are being healed and restored. Marriages are being healed and changed for the good. Businesses are being supercharged with the anointing to prosper and to succeed and to, and to uh, reap wealth for, for the kingdom of God and for them. Uh, relationships are being birthed. God is touching hearts and changing lives through this ministry. And we're grateful to each and every one of you for your stand of faith with us. And thank you for praying for me and thank you for praying for my team. <clears throat> it's powerful when we stand together and we unify in prayer and, and, and praying for each other. Amen. Amen. As I was praying this week uh, for today's broadcast, I heard the Lord uh, say some great things and I just wanted to share them with you. And so I'm going to jump right into the teaching, uh, making it through the transition. Making it through the transition. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. Now I'm, I'm addressing that because everybody I know is in transition right now. Everybody I know is in transition. The first thing you want to do in transition, the first thing our flesh wants to do, is point the finger at somebody else standing next to them and blame them for the things that we're going through. Husbands blaming wives, wives blaming husbands, uh, people blaming the church or blaming this person or blaming their job or what have you. No, God is shaking things up. God is changing things. In Hebrews 11 and verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Just say the word now. Now. Now I'm going to live for the Lord. Now I'm going to believe God. Now I'm going to grow stronger. Now. When uh, Jesus uh, did his first miracle at the wedding at Cana, it was turning water into wine for the wedding. And uh and he said, Mother, my time has not yet come. And so just like any other good mom, she said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And, uh, and so, you know, history shows us that, natural history shows us that Joseph passed away when Jesus was 14. And so Jesus had to rise up and be the head of the house at 14 and run the carpentry business. And so as he did that, he had to learn to take cues from his mom all the time, who was still raising him and training him. And so his mom said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And so he was saying, my time has not yet come. Uh, but she said, now. And so the master of the feast, uh, he, he gets the, the water turned into wine. And his comment is, you've saved the best wine, not for last, the scripture says 
He said, you save the best wine for now. I want you to know God has saved the best for now. Again, Jesus wasn't sure it was his time, and his mom said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And he, he gives them direction, and God releases his power. So she was telling Jesus, now is the time. Listen, the best time to obey God is now. The best time to live for God is now. He'll draw near to you now. Acceleration is available to you now. The devil wants God's warriors to wait around for someday. Someday I'll do this. Someday I'll believe God for that. Someday I'll pray more. Someday I'll read my Bible uh, like, like Saul's army did. But David rose up and said, no, I'll go face the giant now. Someday I'll stop drinking. Someday I'll quit smoking. Someday I'll quit vaping. Someday I'll take steps to achieve my dream. I know some things can ha- can't happen overnight, uh, but you can get started now. Sometimes it takes a little while to uh, to bring some things to pass, but you can get started now. Jesus said, "Let's feed the five thousand men and their wives and their children now." We saw God do the impossible things. If you spell the word now backwards, you get the word one. I want you to know the battle's already won, and he wants to give you the victory now. Amen? Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. There are three downward stages there. If you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, you'll quit moving forward and you'll stand in the path of sinners and then you'll sit in the seat of the scornful. And that's how religion sets in on someone who won't walk with the Lord through a transition. I'm talking about making it through the transition. Some people judge others and say they just don't, they just don't worship like we used to. And, and you're the one sitting They just don't praise like we used to. Remember those old songs? And they're still sitting. Don't transition downward. God saves the best for now. Amen? Then in verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law or the scripture does he meditate day and night. Verse 3 says, He shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, and whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Let me just tell you, Jesus was crucified between two thieves. Two thieves. Thieves want to steal and rob. If you're not careful, you'll crucify your own destiny between two thieves, called yesterday and tomorrow. The thief of yesterday keeps you looking backward, and you can't go back to yesterday. Yesterday is over, and it ended at midnight. Now is the time. No more living in the good old days, or D-A-Z-E, the good old days. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, and I will be glad in it. Today is the day of salvation. Or you've got the thief of someday. Uh, You understand what I'm saying? We have to understand that our treasure is in today. Yesterday is a cashed check. 
Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is cash in the hand. And when you're going through a transition in life, you have to balance the prophetic promise of tomorrow with a full view of anticipating God today. Enjoy this day. Your miracle is now. Your vision is now. Amen? In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34, Jesus said, Take no thought for tomorrow. I'm talking about making it through transition. Take no thought for tomorrow. In other words, quit worrying about tomorrow. God's already in the future. Trust and obey God today. Do the right thing today. We, we raised our kids to understand what this is the way you live life. You make the, the next best decision that you can make. You don't sit there indecisive, but you have to make uh, the next, you got to do the next right thing. Trust and obey God today. Live for God today. I call it the power of now. Experience and expect God to move now. At 59 years old, I'm ready to do more great things with the Lord now. I've been walking with the Lord since I was a teenager. I don't strive with myself. Pastor Tracy and I, we get up in the morning and we trust the Lord. When we see a situation arise, we trust in the Lord. God is in control right now. He's never left his throne. We have faith in him right now. We just simply walk with God now. We just keep walking with him. We just plain and simple trust him now. We trust him when things are going well. We trust him when we're facing challenges. Uh, We know that, that he's in control right now in everything. And right now in our faith, God is at work and working his will and bringing it to pass right now. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, We know that all things work together for good, for them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. But don't stop there. Read the next couple verses. It says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. See the word destiny in there? He's already got it set up to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified, just as if I'd never done anything wrong. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. Come on. And what shall we say, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's peace. Listen, everyone is facing a transition right now. Everyone's in a transition right now. Now's not the time to pick a fight with your brother or your sister or your church or your, or your family member or whatever. Stop, uh, uh, stop putting that magnifying glass on everybody else. Jesus said, quit trying to pick the speck out of your brother's eye when you don't even realize you have a log in your own eye. It's a very uh, a graphic description of stop judging. You've got enough stuff messed up with you. Stop judging somebody else, right? Well, I want to look real quick at five issues with transition. Five issues with transition. We're going to get through this quickly. Esther went through a transition when her parents were killed and she was orphaned. There are some of you out there, you need healing. You can make the right choice 
and and you can leave that orphanhood behind, or you can uh, take it with you through your whole life. Right now, you can get over get over it and and get on with life. Esther was abused by society. Her parents were killed in Babylonian captivity. She was fatherless and she was motherless. And her father's uncle, his name was Mordecai, said, what are we going to do? She had to understand. Uh, the, the, they looked at Esther and said, my uncle's dead, my aunt's dead. Here's this beautiful little child. We've got to take her in. What if Esther said, I can't, I'm an orphan, I'm abandoned. You know, some people, they use that excuse constantly. They don't realize that. I'm not out of touch with abandonment issues. My father passed away two days after my ninth birthday. Uh, And the last thing I heard him say to me was, I'll be there for your birthday, son. But God is a healing and restoring God. You don't have to stay in the torment of being orphaned any longer. God doesn't want you tormented by anything. God wants you to get up, get healed, and get over it. One of the problems with our society is we nurse old wounds, and we create names for these things and titles for, you know, you have OCD, you have this thing, you have that thing. And listen, we didn't have these titles growing up. It's Our society is nursing old wounds and causing them to perpetuate instead of healing them. And too many government funds are available for nursing old wounds. Too many programs are available for somebody to stay uh, uh, unhealed. If God delivers you of alcohol, you are delivered. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You do not have to stand up three times a week and confess, I am an alcoholic, I am an alcoholic, I am an alcoholic. You may have been an alcoholic, but now you're healed and delivered. Amen? If you keep telling yourself you are, then you're going to revert back to that. You need to do the opposite, and you need to do what the name of this program is all about. Speak life. Get up and say, I'm not what I used to be. I'm not yet what I'm going to be. I'm on my way, but I'm not what I used to be. Apostle Paul didn't go around saying, I'm a murderer. No, he said this in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Brethren, I could not, I could not, my, I, I, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The problem is, is our society causes people to stay focused on the past. You've got to forget those things which are behind. Let God have them. Stop holding on to those things. Let them go. Press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. To do less holds you in an ungodly mindset. Now hear me. This has gotten into the church some, into deliverance, uh, and, and, and I'm believing, I believe in total deliverance. You know, the Bible says, such were some of you, were some of you, but hallelujah, the blood of Jesus Christ breaks it. The blood, the blood, the blood. If you want to study something, don't study issues, study the blood of Jesus. 
Study the precious blood of Jesus. Some of you are still working through it. I, I'm, I understand that. Don't let this condemn you, but keep moving forward. I'm not saying we don't go through things, but I'm saying we don't stay there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not pitching my tent there. I'm not camping there. God is into healing and delivering and pulling us up and pulling us out. I don't get behind the pulpit or do, or, or do anything feeling like I'm abandoned. I step forward knowing that I'm a child of the Most High God. He's anointed me, and I'm ordained from on high. I'm not walking in old things. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm walking in the calling of my master, my father, who is my everything. He's my beginning. He's my ending, and he's everything in between. You see, the first thing God somehow deals with in transition is the death of the old. Then you are not in the old, but you're not quite in the new. That's the beginning of a transition. The the door closed behind you, and you're in a hallway now. And in that moment, God is reforming you to something new in this season, giving you a new identity Uh, really just revealing to you who you really are on the inside, who he created you to be, who he's altering you to be. What are the footsteps that he's placing before you? What what am I to walk in that I might identify me in in an all-new way? Who in the world am I? I know who I was, but God is doing a new thing. He's causing us to work with a new understanding of ourselves, and we've got to get into that new place. That's what the prophetic is all about. Psalm 42, 7 says that prophetic starts getting activated in these moments, and deep calls unto deep at the noise of, of thy water spouts, and all thy waves, thy billows have gone over me. Deep is calling unto deep. That's God calling out your identity. The deep in God is calling you into your identity. This was the issue with Esther. Just an orphan, but God was calling her, calling out her identity. Identity defines how we relate to each other. Identity tells us who we have time for and who we don't have time for. It's not an it's not ever an issue of favorites. It's who am I and what must I be doing. So the first issue that God deals with in transition is identity. The second issue in transition is reality reality. He deals with our view of reality. And in this transitional period, we go through disillusionments. In other words, our illusions are removed from from us and we become disillusioned. The way we saw reality is not going to work in the new way, in the new place. You don't quite know how to see yet. Peter experienced this when the sheet was lowered down from heaven and God said, you can eat fish, you can eat beef, you can eat pork. And he said, God, I'm a Jew. And he said, listen, son, I'm going to send you to Cornelius' house, and they're going to prepare a feast before you. Give thanks and enjoy the bounty that I've placed before you. Everything's changing. You see, the way he viewed reality changed. God is removing all of our religious and legalistic mindsets in this hour because we cannot take that into the new thing. So the second, second thing in transition that God identifies is reality. The third issue in transition is worship. I believe we're being called to come up higher in our praise and in our worship. Our worship has to do with what we bow down to. What is it that we bow down to? This is why God uncovers fear. 
because what you fear is what you bow down to. Don't miss a blessing because of fear. I can't tithe because I won't have enough money. So what are you bowing down to? You're bowing down to money and insecurity. So in this transition, he's dealing with what we believe because what we believe is what we worship. We believe what we bow down to. This is why we need intimacy, intimacy with the Lord. Some nights I stay awake praying, and there's a warfare going on in the heavens, and I'm praying and I'm saying whatever is going on, I don't understand it. I don't have to understand it, but I choose to worship God. All of a sudden, God says, I want you to repent of fear. But in that place of intimacy, God addresses what needs to be dealt with. So I said, I see it, I repent of it, and I turn away from it, and I'm not allowing it anymore because it's sin. Because whatever is not of faith, the Bible says, is sin. Sin means you miss the mark. And God wants you on track and on target, not missing it. It's more than fear, it's sin. I'm not out breaking all the Ten Commandments, but fear is sin. It's putting faith, more faith, in what the devil says and what God says. So the third issue is worship. The fourth issue in transition that God deals with is new or different direction. New or different direction. We're people of, of habit. We don't like change. And God is repositioning our steps for the fulfillment of the seeds of destiny. Those things that have been in us since the beginning of time, that thing that God has been speaking for so many years. He's moving us positionally. And that's why some of you have moved houses and moved jobs. And that's why things are changing right now. He's repositioning us for harvest. He's repositioned for what he's about to do. For some, it's a change of house. Some, it's a change of job. Uh, For all, it's a repositioning so you can be in the place for the next thing. You know, when I moved to Christian International, I took a job uh, opening because I needed something to move to, and it was a sacrifice to move to take the job. But that job did not last, and then uh, Bishop Hammond hired us on staff uh, just a couple weeks after we got there. And so that was a a, a a scaffolding. It wasn't the real building. It was just a step to the real step. Amen. So the fifth thing that God deals with in transition is connections, bringing new connections. It may require letting go, letting go of old connections. Not that there's anything wrong with them or that there's anything wrong with you. Not a cutting off or I don't like you anymore, but a realigning for fullness. Sometimes God adjusts relationships and he's realigning realigning things in order for fullness to come forth. To connect means to bind. Whatever we are bound to is what we become like. We become joined to something. When two things are joined together, a new thing comes about. When a man and woman are joined together, they become a whole new lineage. God is repositioning us and connecting us, taking us from what we've been connected to and reconnecting us to the new so that the destiny or the lineage that he has prepared for us can come forth. Abraham had to disconnect from the old in order to connect into the new. Some of you have suffered a divorce. 
Some of you lost someone close, but God can take that disconnection and turn it around for the new to come forth. Amen. God wants you to connect up. Remember I said every joint fitly joined together so that every joint supplies. God is looking for you to connect up. When you connect something new, when you connect something new, when you connect, something new can come forth. That's what I mean to say. Some of you have disconnected, even disconnected from church, and you won't reconnect. Let me just tell you, if Ruth had not gone with Naomi, she would have missed her destiny. She would never have met Boaz, and God has connections that are ordained for destiny fulfillment. Some of you say, I don't want to let go of the old. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do this thing. Let me tell you, the narrow place, you're in a narrow place. You see, in a narrow place, you need someone else's help to get you out of the narrow place. You can't go to the right, you can't go to the left, you can't go forward, you can't go backward. You're stuck in a narrow place, and you need somebody with a higher power and a, and a, a, a more of an anointing to flow to bring you out. Do you know what the word anointing means? It means to smear with oil. Have you ever had a ring stuck on your finger and you put butter on it and it slips right off? Some of you, God has anointed you to uh, to take you through tonight. He's anointing you right now. And it's the anointing that destroys the yoke and delivers you into the new place. Amen. Transition is breaking out of the old and allowing God to lead us by his Holy Spirit into the new. Now, how many of you can relate to this? I believe we're, we're looking at a, a powerful moment in the kingdom. And I'm going to continue this in part two next week, making it through the transition. But I believe God is speaking something to this house and to this audience. God's got you, and he's not letting you go. You're not failing, you're not falling, you're not losing, but great things are happening for you right now, greater than you even understand. I want to encourage you, stay connected to us. Stay uh, uh, involved with us. Let God begin to speak new things to you. I'm going to help you to understand that the power of this transition is to propel you into the new destiny that God has for you. He's got something new for you in this new season. Amen. Don't be bogged down by the lies of the world around you. Don't be bogged down by the, the, the depression of the enemy. No. Rise up and you be the storm. Amen. Amen. I want to thank all of you for continuing to stand with us and supporting that the work of the Lord here. And I pray that every one of these prophetic teachings and these workshops that we do will continue to inspire your faith and cause you to reach higher and to even go stronger and higher in the Lord. Amen. I want you I want to just encourage you as we bring our tithes and our offerings before the Lord tonight. Stop listening to to people who are against you. Stop listening to people who are going to speak negative things to you. Stay tuned into God's prophets and the word of the Lord. I believe uh, God wants you to, to hear hope and, and good news and, and shut yourself off from, uh, from all that negativity. I want you to know our nation is not going under. America is going to succeed. It's going to prosper. America shall be saved. It may get bumpy out there. 
Uh, but I'm telling you, God is for us. And God is turning everything around and the enemy is being crushed as the church continues to arise and shine. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Haman is about to be hung on his own gallows. The gallows that he built for God's people, Haman is going to be hung and all 10 of his sons. Amen. Listen, eye is not seen, ear is not heard. Uh, and, and heart hasn't imagined the things that God's prepared for those that continue to love him. God's wealth, God's blessing is coming into your house. Psalm 112 says, God causes wealth to be in the house of the righteous. Amen. Read Psalm 112. It'll greatly encourage you. And your economy is not based on the economy of this nation. It's based on the economy of the kingdom. Stay plugged into the economy of the kingdom by the giving of tithes and offerings. And God will open the windows of heaven and take care of you. Pour out blessings on you over and over and over again. Your tabernacle is going to continue to flourish in God. Amen. These are God's prophetic promises to you. I'm quoting scriptures to you. God wants you to have life. He wants you to have it with abundance. Amen. The wicked may prosper, but it's to their own destruction. And God wants to bless you in a way that you can be the person of influence. Pastor Tracy calls it the who guy. And, And the who guy is, it's who you know. Well, we know the Lord. He's our who guy. Amen. I believe that when God blesses you, you become the who guy for God. You become blessed so that you can be a blessing. Amen. And so I want to encourage you, be a blessing. Sow seed so that you can reap an incredible harvest. Amen. I want to pray over you tonight as we bring our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. Father, I thank you right now that whatever needs are represented today. Lord, we sow a seed and believe for supernatural harvest to come back on your people. And I thank you, Father, that when we sow a seed, you already have a harvest in mind that's going to be a greater blessing than what whatever we sow. That's the principle of a seed. It always yields so much greater than what is sown. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy blessing over your people right now. And I thank you that your word promises that you fill the house of the righteous with overflowing blessing. And you will bless your people and blessing will abound so great that there's not room enough to receive it all. And your word says it's your good pleasure. You take pleasure in the prosperity of your servants. And so, Father, I bless your people, Father, that they're not only going to have enough, they're going to have more than enough, and they're going to have a surplus and a superabundance because that's your word, and we believe your word of truth over all the lies of the enemy. We disconnect from the economy of this world and connect to the economy of the kingdom, even as we sow this seed today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. If you're watching on social media and you desire to sow a seed tonight, there's a link in the comments section that you can click on and you can give your offering that way. Uh, One of the easiest ways is text giving. If you prefer to give by text giving, the number is 84321. You just text whatever amount you desire to the number 84321. That's 84321. It's very easy. Uh, If you prefer sending your offering by mail, which many of you do, 
Uh, you can mail your offering to LifePoint. LifePoint has an E on the end of it. Or Marty Layton, uh, P.O. Box 1822, Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37077. It's up on the screen right now, and it's greatly appreciated, and we thank you. Uh, I believe God is blessing those who continue to give, and we get report after report of how much God is breaking open blessing on his people who are generous, who, who, who give sacrificially. Uh, also, you can give on the website, lifepointchurch.cc. That's lifepoint with an E on the end of it, lifepointchurch.cc. And there's a button at the top that, and on the bottom where you can click and give that way as well. And I want to invite you to church this Sunday. I want to invite you to come spend a, a, a powerful service under the anointing. Uh, this is a, an unhindered anointing. Uh, it's a cutting-edge prophetic church, Life Point Church. We meet every Sunday at 4 p.m. at 403 Walton Ferry Road, right here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37075. If you need that for your GPS, I want to encourage you, come join us. There's something for every member of the family there. That's every Sunday, 4 p.m. at 403 Walton Ferry Road, right here in Hendersonville. Uh, God has been doing miracles, blessing so many families. Uh, lives are being changed. Children are, are coming back. Prodigals are coming home. Great things are happening, and we're so privileged uh, to see the move of God uh, in Life Point Church. And I want to encourage you, it's not just a, a church. It's really a move of God that's happening, and people's lives are being transformed by the power and the presence of the Lord and the Word of the Lord. And so if you want a word, come come out Sunday. I'll, I'll minister a word to you either during service or directly after service. So I hope to see you there. Amen. I also want to thank Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell has, is a continual blessing to this ministry as he is a continual sponsor of Speak Life. And as you know, his website is mypillow.com or mystore.com. And if you'll go there, whatever you buy, use the promo code Marty, my first name. And by doing that, you'll receive deep discounts. Right now, they have clearance with over 80% off on many of their items. Uh, the new my pillow. If you buy one, you get one free. Uh, there's even a uh, travel pillow that they that they give you with that. It's just incredible. Lots of deals, uh, lots of opportunity. Let me tell you, it's a it's a way that you can bless, speak life. You get great products, and you're a blessing to Mike Lindell as well, who's been a faithful supporter of Speak Life. And uh, I just want to encourage you. Take a moment. Uh, stop giving your money to people who are working against you. Start giving your money to people who are for you and for the same things that you believe in. Amen. Uh, also, there's a dedicated phone number, 800-859-2938. That's 800-859-2938. Remember, again, to use the promo code MARTY, and you'll receive the deep discount available to you even uh, on uh, on the coffee. And so you want to check it all out. Uh, I hope you enjoy all the products there. God bless you as you do that. I want to remind you, you can always watch this show live every Friday night, 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Rumble. And, and please help us by telling others to tune in as well every Friday night, 7 p.m. Central Time. 
And uh, also, if you like podcasts, please check us out. Wherever you get podcasts, we're there. Just look for Speak Life with Marty Layton and leave us a great review. It really helps us to uh, populate in the, in, in, the, in the algorithms. It blesses our ministry uh, and more people can come out. Uh, also, social media. Follow me on all the social media platforms at Marty Layton. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Rumble, Instagram, Truth, Getter, all the platforms. Follow, uh, follow me on there. Like me, subscribe, whatever the platform asks. And I appreciate you doing that. That also is a great help to us. And I want to thank you again for tuning in to Speak Life week after week. It means so much and I'm very honored that you do so. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 declares, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I want to encourage you, God is always speaking to you. So don't speak what the world is saying. Remember always to speak life. We'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Speak Life with Marty Layton. Please help us spread hope and share this podcast with a friend. Join us again as we speak life into our world.